0: So I'm here today with Danielle Hollander, the Chief Marketing Officer of Visit Orlando. Danielle, welcome. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you today.
1: Thanks for having me, and I am too. I know we've gotten a few minutes chat here and there, and you've got such an infectious personality. It's it's great to have these types of conversations. I'm so excited. Well, I, I have
0: to I have to ask you, I, it must be one of the perils of the job to be sort of running marketing for a destination that is so global and so loved. Like the first thing I wanted to do was share with you my Orlando story of um, coming to Orlando. I think I was very early um, in the pregnancy, like a couple of years ago, and I was like really pregnant. I was there, but I had my best. Girlfriend from Australia with her two little girls, and just seeing their faces as they saw their first princess. It was like everything that had ever happened in the world was all sort of distilled into that one moment. And it was just like, I can just go back there instantly. Sharing experiences. I mean, tell me a little bit about how you think about experiences because you must have so many people sharing with you. But I know that that's a big part of how you think about telling the story of Orlando.
1: Right, and you just gave me chills, and that that's what happens when people share their experiences. You know, Orlando truly is unique, and I think all of us as destination marketers will say our destinations are unique, and they really truly are. You know, I love to travel, and I always find something unique about every destination, but something that's really different about Orlando are those memories and those connections, um, you know, it's that first time seeing that that child. It's that getting engaged in front of the castle. It's, you know, that face when somebody is touching a stingray for a first time and it's all slimy. You know, you remember those moments. Um, I can remember, I, you know, when my teenage daughter got on her first big roller coaster and it was with my brother-in-law and it was at a universal and I'm waiting there and I'm just like I hear the screaming and all of this and I'm just like okay she's gonna come off and I was like I'm looking at her face like okay she comes off and I'm just waiting because I thought she's either going to just kill me <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> that was amazing So whether it's the first princess, you know, in that look, or that first, you know, ride on that that roller coaster, or it's that kissing the dolphin at Discovery Cove, those moments stick with people forever, and they do share them. Um, And it's how it makes you feel, and that's what's different. It's not. You know, I love um, going to the beach, but it's like Monday we did this and we laid on the beach and Tuesday we went in the <laughs> in the water and Thursday it's this. This
0: beach beach was still for there, it sunny, but there was still a beach, yeah.
1: Right. Every day there's something different and unique. And you know, at the core I was sharing with you our, our brand, it's based on a core human value of playfulness. People want more play and they want that immersion and that why want those experiences. And that's what it's about when you come to Orlando. And that's why when people, they want to share their stories. You know, we're so fortunate before, you know, TripAdvisor and, and, you know, rate us and share your ratings and social media. People want to share their stories because they have a special place in their heart.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, and I, I love that concept of play and, you know, I sort of want to set the record straight for anyone who thinks that play is for kids, right? And, I mean, you told me a stunning statistic when we were chatting earlier that only about a third of your travel parties actually have kids, which just my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, that's – that's. Yeah. But, but then as soon as you kind of explained that a little more, I'm like, why should we only get to play when we're little, right? Like that's, you know, it's like you reach a certain age and there's like no more fun. No more play, right? right? You only get to play now if you hang around little kid, yeah. right? But otherwise, as an adult, you've got to be so serious. You've got to be so buttoned up, um, you know. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you, how you think about that concept of play and fun and, you know, how
1: that sort of ties to Orlando as a destination. Yeah, it's, it's really about we talk about letting your inner child come out because there is at a certain age you kind of put on this armor, right? And I have to be this way and, and show this. And you know when you when you come here, you know people are walking around in Harry Potter robes and are like, "Are you a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw?" You know, you're walking around in ears representing you know the just married or you know your ethnicity or your country or you know I'm an adventurer or you know you're you're putting yourself in the wetsuits at Discovery Cove and you're swimming through that, you. Know, It really is about letting people feel free and, you know, welcome and silly. And it's okay. Here we talk about dad jokes can actually be funny here. (laughs) And, you know, and your teenagers will be, yes, they'll be doing their Instagram photos, but they're not walking with their head down and just in their, their phones all the time. Because they're away, they're away from their everyday life. They're seeing everybody else enjoying that. You get to be silly. You have that permission. And that's what di- is different. And even for our business travelers, you know, they'll do an event at one of our, one of our parks or downtown or in our theaters. And here's these fireworks and they're just like mesmerized by this. Or, you know, they're doing a challenge on one of our amazing lakes and then they're becoming just as competitive. All of a sudden, you know, or one of our great um, charities will bring, you know, dogs out to do therapy and they're just sitting there petting the dogs. And you see that there's this kind of melting away when you're here of all of that armor to where people feel like they can have fun. They can be a little silly. Yeah. You just let it all go. permission,
0: Yeah. And I guess part of the promise and part of, what you deliver is maybe the hope that I can bring some of that with me when I leave, right? I can bring some of that home um, mm-hmm. and, and not only, you know, just have that be a, a thing. And I think, you know, that that came across so much as, um, you know, as I was preparing to, to chat with you and look through what was happening on social media was how much you're elevating the voice of the customer Um, and, you know, how much you're leaning on, you know, verbatims, what people are saying and sort of seeing the world through your visitors and your guests' eyes as opposed to your own. Um, I think, I think I've, heard you refer to it as almost like testimony or marketing, right? Which mm-hmm. is from, from the voice of your customer. How did you, how did you adopt that? Um, you know, can you tell me a little bit about how you sort of came to that lens and, and what it sort of takes to, you know, to really step into your customers' shoes and show the world that way, particularly through social media.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we've always done really well at, at looking at data and insights. But one of the things that happened last year and really drove some of this is, you know, we were based, at we're a tourism organization. The majority of our funding is based on resort tax. Yeah. When Your major attractions are shut down for a time period and most of your hotels are empty. Your budget gets slim really, really fast. So we really learned a lot and really leaned more into our social listening, into what our responses were to our newsletter, into what we were hearing on forums to what we were hearing in the social, um, comments and, you know, and, and took those as learnings on how, you know, we were relying almost 100% on organic channels. So we were able to take what the consumers were telling us they wanted to know about and feed that back to them, which meant ultimately our engagement rates doubled and tripled in some places. So, You know, that showed us we were going the right direction. It also showed us how widely different our customer base had been. So while we knew, you know, we're a global destination, we have people that come from every territory and country in the world um, on a normal with 75 million people, you know, we are talking to everybody, which is so super fortunate. And we believe in bringing good partners in bad times and in good times. So we never didn't want to talk to our audiences. We just had to figure out how. So that led to a lot of that. What do we say? How much is virtual? How do we talk to them? But then that also went to the Love Orlando campaign because one of the things they told us is we're really concerned that the experience is not going to be the same. You know, we're understanding the social distancing. We're understanding the safety process. We're understanding the safety protocols. And that's all great. And we would expect that from you as a destination. But do I still get that feeling? And so we really needed to show that you could get that feeling. And there was no ad I could put together as the paid sales agency to say, yes, you are going to get that feeling. You will still be able to see Mickey and Minnie and they will be up on a platform. Or you will still be able to talk to Wonder Woman and she's going to, you know, mask up. Or you are still going to be able to interact with, with animals and talk about all of the different um, rescue efforts. Or you're still going to be able to have amazing shopping or dining or whatever. Right, and let me hire some actors and place them around. Yeah. Right. We smiling. knew that the people that were here that could tell it in their own words And they're from Ohio, and they're from California, and they're from Miami, you know, so they could say, yes, it was the same experience, or yes, I felt safe, or it was awesome, we celebrated that birthday there. So, it it really pivoted and changed into focusing very heavily on user-generated content and what they said in their messaging. Um, And it's been wildly successful Um, We got our members. We're a membership organization. We said, reach out to the people that have come to your resort or have come to your attraction or come to your restaurant and get them to tell the story as well. And then we would tag that. So people could see One, people were in the destination, they were able to experience the destination safely, but they were able to have that same great, amazing experience that they were used to. I think one of, uh,
0: one of my, I think on one of your top performing pieces of creative on Instagram, my, one of my favorite quotes was masks and all, it's my happy place. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 And we continue with that campaign and we continue and we use a lot of user generated content. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, it, one, selfishly, it helps expand what we have to, to show. Um, you know, our springs. You know clear kayaking and all of the springs you know people were looking for outdoor act, uh, outdoor activities right. so we also worked with a lot of um local um content creators or social influencers or you know normal people whatever you uh, you know that were really showing our springs in a great way and we would ask to use their their user-generated content in our ads so we've Used a lot of user generator content, even in our paid ads. Yeah, no,
0: it was it was a big standout because I, you know, and we saw across a lot of travel brands, a lot of destinations. Many people went very quiet, you know, and and sort of took that route. But it was uh, it was just a really impressive blend of being respectful of what people were going through, but also, you know, celebrating the destination and making it available to people who were who were ready. Yeah. Um, So I'd love to talk now a little about, um, you know, and, and part of this I think relates to the year that we've just had, but this is also maybe more of a universal question for you, Danielle, is you cater to um, a lot of different types of travelers. And, you know, one of the things that you said when we were chatting beforehand, particularly when it comes to international, but I'm sure also domestic now, particularly with, you know, COVID still being a little different in different states was, you know, it's, it's never about what's happening in your destination. It's what happened. It's what's happening in their destination. So, I mean, as as a marketer, how do you stay across that? Because now you're talking, you know, I mean, the you know, most marketers are thinking about their customers in their specific market, but you're now having to look at pretty much every country in the world, all the states, um, anyone who could potentially fit as either a domestic, sort of more of a leisure traveler, or potentially a business traveler. How do you break that down from an insights perspective, and how do you bring all that together?
1: Yeah, we, and, and we really do look at it holistically because we have, you know, we're about 80% leisure travel. And of that, the majority has always been domestic. But we also have a big meetings and convention component of our organization and the attendees. And what's wonderful for us is that allows that seasonality. Mm. It's important that each of those markets are contributing their parts because we don't have big... Peaks and valleys. And what that means for our community is there's consistent employment. So we're the largest employer as an industry in our community. So imagine if all of a sudden we have these peaks and valleys and people didn't have that consistent employment. So by having that, so we are very, very, very thoughtful and this has become even more customized. You know, in the concentric circles, obviously we knew our Floridians were going to come back first. They were all going to drive a lot of them you know, are are coming to spend wonderful weekends at our resorts. We partnered with with a lot of our resorts. But even in that, we really looked at a balance between empathy and efficiency. So it didn't matter where you were. You know, I I talk about my neighbor on my right side now might have been ready to travel, but my neighbor on my left side. You could no longer say all of UK or all of Brazil or all of South Dakota or all of New York Because even that wasn't granular enough. So, you know, we've got a great data and insights team. We talk about it a lot every morning when we have a marketing stand up. What are we hearing? We talk to our stakeholders in um, the area. What are they hearing and collaborate with them? So we really kind of break it down by audience. So, you know, on our meetings and conventions, it was hyper focused personalization because, you know, we were working with a lot of them to rebook. And then now you have people that have meetings coming in the next month that are still very focused on safety protocol. You have meetings coming in 2026 that they don't want to, they they really don't want to be promoting that. So one of those things um, now had to be broken down, redid, rethought, redone to meet that situation. You know, internationally, we had to make sure we were talking about reasons to come to the destination, but not inviting them now when they couldn't come. Right. And and domestically, you know, the rollout of vaccinations was so sporadic among different states. Um, You know, we still, we have a high drive population anyway, but it wasn't even that. It was just some people weren't ready to travel they were ready to get into a plane. We're you know. in a pandemic. Why are you telling me to travel, right? So we had to be empathetic. So in, in some ways, you know, we'd say, you know, when you're ready, or here's what's new that you can look forward to seeing. Our TV ad, when we first went out, didn't have a call to action because we couldn't target it. Whereas our digital, we could target to travel intenders. Yeah. You know, in Dallas, we can't target to travel intenders on TV ads. So we purposefully just put our website. We didn't. It was the wonder remains. Wasn't a lot of copy. It was all visuals and just had our website. So people could come and learn. Now, as people are more ready to travel, we've put a call to action of, you know, come join us for summer. But at the time when we rolled it out, that wasn't the right thing to be do because we weren't being very empathetic at the time. So it's really, you know, we are very fortunate. We have a lot of data points coming in. We have a lot of access to data. Um, we work with a lot of partners, whether that's the airport, the airlines, our hotels, our theme parks, our national associations. And we benchmark with them to say, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? How are you seeing? It's your one. We don't own anything so hmm. it's in a hotel. We, we don't directly transact other than right. attraction tickets. So we do want to get who's closest to our consumer and make sure that we're in alignment with them. Yeah, and I mean that that's a that's
0: a really important point. You're sort of the connective tissue across everything that's happening, you know, in Orlando, but to your point, you're not sort of directly sort of owning that. How how do you describe that in the context of your role as CMO? Like if you were just describing it to an outsider, how would you sort of tell the story of what it is that you do?
1: A lot of times I say I'm a conductor, you know, because you dial up a little of the French horns and you might need some percussion here, but you need everybody to work together and to have a work. So, you know, we have found a way and we are so fortunate to have such major brands that are based here, but we also, the community has an amazing cooperative spirit. Um, you don't see in other places. So while they're fierce competitors You know, if you are in a steakhouse and they call and say, oh, I don't have a reservation, rather than saying, okay, bye, they'll tell you, here's four more that you might want to try. You know, so we've had meeting groups come in that have said, you know, this is really unusual. I can come in and there you have the city and the county and the convention center and the hotels and everybody's in one room. I don't have to go to five places. And we're like, yes, because our best interest is helping you make the right decision to come to Orlando. Not where you go in Orlando. You got to make the decision come first to Orlando. And then we'll duke it out on on where that might stay or where that. And it's such a different spirit here. Maybe Mm. because we had to be scrappy for such a long time. Um, You know, maybe it's because we are built on hospitality. And you have that spirit of hospitality and it just crosses over. But yes, a lot of times we're providing those forums. And especially during this past year or we could bring together hotels and they could talk about best practices and you might have had the bigger brands and the smaller properties that were boutique they were like i don't know where to start you know or shopping members or the combination of what are you doing from a shopping perspective what are you doing from a hotel how can we learn from each other and we would bring those groups together because we we understand the consumer expects the same level of service no matter where they go right they don't I and, you know, we have some companies that have set the bar rate really, really high. And it's noticeable when everybody doesn't reach that height. So, you know, as we talked about, especially safety, we wanted to make sure our visitors felt safe from the minute they got in the car at the front door to the minute that they got in their car, out of their car at their front door. And if that meant coming through our airport or going through our convention center or going to our attractions or our hotels, what did that look like? Because that journey has to be consistent all the way through. Right. So that's uh, that's the conductor element. And, and as you
0: think across sort of all of those touch points and sort of think about yourself and the role that you play, would you say that you're creative-led, data-inspired, data-led, creative-inspired, or something completely different?
1: I would say we're data-led, um, all right, data and insights-led.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then, where we may be different from a true private company, you know, we're a private, we're a not-for-profit. Yeah. Is we have that stakeholder balance. So we always need to balance out, you know, showing the whole destination, and in which part do we show our major draws versus open the do- and and open the door for others, right? So we may be data-led on where we should go, what's the best, um, what's the messaging pillars, what are the, you know, what are the things people want to hear? Where are they? What's their media consumption? What is all of that? So that's all Mm -hmm. data-led. And we're Orlando. So we have to put some special things into it that makes it a little bit different, a little bit unique. And, you know, we have amazing visuals. We have amazing partners to work with. It is, it is a little bit of a, you have to, you know, there, there's a lot of people in the pot, yeah. but I would say we're more data led, creative inspired, or we may have a great idea and then we will go back and test it against, you know, what does it fit into our, you know, I I've talked a little bit about the virtual travel show, right? Yeah. We're, one of, we're the only destination in the country or the first destination in the country that did that. That was consumer. The first. I did do a yeah. quick service, so you yeah. know, So we had seen it work with travel agents. We had seen it work with meeting planners. We'd seen it work with media. So we're like, why can't we do this with consumers? And we're a large enough destination to have a 90 minute program on one destination. So, you know, but it had to be so it was unique. So that was a creative idea, but we said, okay, let's do we think consumers will do it? We went out and did a little bit of testing. We yeah. talked to our stakeholders. What do you think? What does it need to show? We wanted to show outdoor and dining and our park partners. Cause we, and they were like, well, one of our needs is demystifying how to plan. Great. Let's make sure we cover that. So it's always intertwined and then we're always testing and learning. And we're always changing and we're always growing, which is what's made it so interesting for me. So um, I want to I want to dive in. So you're helping
0: the world and America come back to visit Orlando, um, but you're also figuring out the way back, whether it's to the office or to, you know, whatever is next from a normalcy standpoint. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what that's looking like for you? I know we were sort of exchanging, you know, funny stories of just how hard it is to get out the door with everything, you know, all together. Like I know the other day I was excited, I had a brunch and I realized I was halfway down the street. I didn't have my wallet and I'd like, you know, I was like, where are my boots? Oh, they're upstairs. They're not by the door because I don't wear them anymore. You right, right, right share a little bit about you know how how you're adjusting how you're thinking about this for the team and you know perhaps what if anything of you know new practices you've adopted that you'll be bringing with you
1: yeah well in our situation it was interesting we were not at all work from home when we left the office when we left the office it was going to be we're going to be gone two weeks you know gathered my team i said i will be as transparent as i possibly can yeah, you know, we didn't even, people didn't even take all their computer equipment home. I mean, it literally was, we'll be gone two weeks, We'll we'll be back. That was a year over a year ago, right? So, we... Re- it was a fair assumption at the time, right? Right, like, I mean, right. Well, yeah, you know, so we really, as a company, you know, um, shifted and, and it's been an interesting journey. Um, I've learned a lot as leader. Um, I told my team a couple things, unless any of us were in 1928, when the last pandemic, nobody has all the answers. So we will all be learning together and we will be doing the best we can. You know, our agency, we can't lean on our agencies. They weren't here in 1928, right? So, you know, we left very much with a, there's a lot of unknown out there. We will be making the decisions as we need to make those decisions, and, and we will do what we always do, which is come together as a team and make the best decisions for the destination and for the company at the time. Um, you know, we started morning stand-ups. We started doing a lot of the fun things You know that you know we had uh, pay it forward. So somebody in the morning, it might be, okay, here's what our team's watching on Netflix, and they tap somebody out. Somebody taught us how to make an origami um, sailboat. Somebody else showed us that we're a magician. So, you know, it was a little bit of focus on how to stay connected and how to help people feel in this new environment, what that transition looked like. Um, And that it was new for everybody because there was a high level of anxiety. There's been and still a high level of anxiety. We're going to start. Our senior team has been back in the office one day a week. We have a new CEO as of February. So you're going through all of this. You've got a leadership change. We'll be bringing our team back one day a week, um, the first week in June, you know, two days a week after Labor Day. And then we're going to determine and we'll have some type of permanent work from home, but it won't be five days a week. Um, So, you know, it's, you know, some of the things that we hope to stay the same is, you know, you've learned a lot about your colleagues that I never would have learned in my office. And we're probably closer as a team and we do a morning standup. And the one thing that I've heard from the team is I now feel like I'm always in the know. Whereas we would all come in different times. We had a team meeting once a week or er different areas would have meetings, but it wasn't everybody all all at one time.
0: Isn't that such an interesting reverse? I feel like our biggest fear going into this was that we'd lose touch. And isn't that just so intriguing that somehow by not being physically proximate, we don't take it for granted and maybe we communicate much more than we would have.
1: Yeah. And that's what we're like, okay, when we do start going back, you know, and I probably feel like I'm more accessible now. Yeah. I'm not sitting in the meeting room right they can chat me text me and they could before but I wasn't sitting there with my computer
0: right yeah and they might not have felt like it were it was okay right though they might have felt yeah that they needed to be more of a formal process or something like that
1: right and and at times you do miss that you know I'll tend to pick up the phone more mm. um, you know I have had people say you know I probably wouldn't just stop by your office on on this one, you yeah. know, I you know, that might be a more difficult conversation. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, the, the, the tendency in our team, we were just starting with teams. You know, we had just started adopting teams. So we now Thank have a lot about it. Um, without the video chat, it would have been very, very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, and because there's people at the company that started while we were out or they started like they were there one week and then we were out, but I've never met in person. So I think, you know, there's some of those things, um, some of the reality that, you know, you can have your fuzzy socks on and be just as much of a professional as when you're to the nines. It's OK. You know, the fact that you have a child, you have a dog, you are, a, you know, I've always had a philosophy. It's about integration. I don't believe in the word balance. Because if you remember from your science fair, you know, day, (laughs) you have this, you know, everybody had to get the scales out and you have the little, you know, pieces, right? Yeah. Little smallest, smallest one on there. And it it goes out of balance. (laughs) And who says, you know, next Tuesday, I'm going to get a flat tire. Right. So I just just like to plan ahead. (laughs) I just like to (laughs) plan ahead. I'm going to have it, you know, so something you can't control that. So I always tell my team, you know, forget about balance. It's about integration. You are not a parent, a child, a spouse, a friend, a fur mommy, you know, the life happens and you don't get to pick when life happens and when different things happen. But you may be able to pick and choose. Like, for instance, my children were in some of them were in band. If I wanted and felt like I needed to be at a comp band concert on Friday afternoon, but I needed to write a script, I might be there Saturday morning writing the script. Right. And I are there going, what and am I really working bad. on? I switched that time. Yeah. I chose to switch that time. And that's, you know, what I tell my team is it's, it's, you, and especially this, you, you saw everybody's living rooms and you saw everybody's. And they would come to stand up with us all. Perfect, (laughs) (laughs) right? You got to see the hugs and the announcements of my child made the swim team or made this, or, you know, so in a lot of ways it humanized us. Yeah. And said, you know what? It's okay to be multifaceted and you have to be, you're multifaceted all of the time.
0: Well, and, and you always were, but for whatever reason, we felt much more pressure to not show that part because maybe it wasn't as professionally relevant or, I mean, I know, like, I, I just know on a personal level, I was going, gosh, like I, you know, <laughs> and you met him, <laughs> yes, the other day and he was very rambunctious. And <laughs> but, like, I, I know that I would not have been comfortable in it, you know, before all of this happened because you're like, oh, you don't want to be the new mom who's got a screaming baby, right? Like, ugh, you know, like get it together, you know, sort of thing. And I feel like everyone's going through that integration and it does make it okay for everyone to be a little less perfect. And it probably always should have been that, but I feel like it's so much easier. You know, we talked a little bit about that. You know, that perfection sort of myth, if you will. But, you know, I think it's people will look at you from the outside and you show up and you've got all the answers and, you know, you've done your hair and you, you know, you, you've got your makeup on, right? And it's, and they're like, oh, she just woke up like that, right? And she's got everything. <laughs> worked out and it's all in balance and there was so much pressure to keep that up I mean how do you do you think some of that will come with us post-pandemic like will we stay integrated like what's your if you were a gambling person what do you think will sort of happen next because I really hope that more of this stays you know I love the fact that I mean I was meeting with a Uh, someone last week and she showed up and this really polished, like I've only ever met her in the real world, like always looks perfect. Hair was wet. She was like, I'm sorry. I just ended up playing like my son wanted to play and I couldn't blow dry my hair. So I'm just, I'm like this, I'm really sorry. And I was like, it's wonderful. Like I'm thrilled that your makeup isn't tattooed on. Like that's just great to know. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I always Um, worry. (laughs) know." (laughs)
1: Yeah, I you know, I think it will to a point I think it'll change to a point. Um yeah. and I think we will have to be intentional, very intentional about um not letting those things go or go too far and swing the pendulum the other way. Right. When we are back in work, we're doing Friday casual. You know, that doesn't include the fuzzy socks, right? It doesn't include we're laughing, you know, we need ever gonna put in there, okay, that's not Zoom dress, you know, you're, <laughs> your shorts on and your fuzzy socks and your, you know, nice shirt. But you have to be professional still, right? So, you know, it's it may be a little bit different. But it doesn't have to be, you know, we don't need to go from this side right. all right. the way back. back to this side. There's got to be a happy, happy medium. You know, for us, we're going through, you know, our leader now is very different than our other leaders. So, you know, we're going through what does that culture look like, which is an amazing opportunity to have that right now. Yeah. It gives you an opportunity to really think through what did change and what do we want to keep from that change. So that accessibility to senior leadership, right? You know, I had um, one of my daughters say, you know, I, I have senior VPs call me and and she's like, "That would have never happened before, right? Uh, because you wouldn't have walked down the hall to do that, right? So how does that, and then in this hybrid situation, because we're not all going to be in on the same day. right you know, you're still going to have this mixture of in-person and teams calls. And what does that, what does that look like? Um, but yet I know the productivity, right? Because, you know, you're, you get into the office and suddenly there's, you know, how does it feel if you don't stop and talk to somebody for 10 minutes, right? On zoom calls, people are like, okay, great. Bye. And nobody, <laughs> you're not going to sit here for five, 10 more minutes. Just, you know, we might get on and, you know, what was going on or what was this? And, you know, and and you do generally care, yeah. but you're not staying. right. Purpose, it's more purposeful. So like for us, I'm hoping our meetings sh- continue to be shorter because they had gotten really out of hand yeah. and people, I think, have been more focused on Zoom meetings. Right. So it's like, what are we here for? Let's get in. Let's get out. You know, because we're all tired of staring at a screen. So they've been more purposeful. And I would love to keep that as we go more in person. Um, Because I think that's where, you know, we could gain some and overcome something that was not really positive for for our organization, not different organizations. Yet, what's missing is, you know, we're an organization and part of our role is networking. Have members networking with net, you know, so that they can gain business. Mm. While sometimes it's easier to gain access over a Zoom call, right? Because it's like, okay, I'll take 30 minutes. I don't have to get in a car, or drive oh, it. So, yeah. I'll take 30 minutes to do an intro call. You know, that person that supplies something to a hotel wants to be able to build that relationship. And that's part of what we do for our members. And that's why face-to-face meetings will come back. And that's why conferences are important. Because yeah. there are things that you do need to touch and feel. And there are things that you need to be able to have that, that conversation and build that relationship over time. So I, I think it'll be a hybrid. And we're really working to purposely and intentionally identify what are those things we want to keep. Like our morning stand-up. You know, We want to make sure we keep that. So figure out how to, when people come in and want to meet at a certain time, nope, not available till after that. You know, so there's going to be those types of things. Um, And the freedom, we talked a little bit, you know, one of, I I tell my team all the time on these Zoom calls, your boxes are all the same size.
0: I absolutely love that. I, absolutely, I, I wrote that down, yeah.
1: Great. Right. But you go in an office environment, and we all know, depending on how your office is structured, you have workstations, and you have offices, and you have bigger offices, and you have this. They're not all the same size, right? right. And it's status,
0: physicality, and dress, and right. yeah, all these right. things.
1: Right. But mentally, everybody has to know that they're all the same size, and they contribute equally the success. So, that's something I hope we continue and and pull over into, that whatever everybody says, the new normal. Yeah, I know, right? No, I really love that point
0: of being purposeful about it because you're right. We will, you know, we will slip back as environments shift into whatever was comfortable at that point. But I think, curating and deliberately crafting what we want that experience to be will be will be really critical um so so switching gears for a second um you know you've you've been at visit Orlando now for for a really significant portion of your career as you reflect on the decisions that you've made that have sort of brought you to to this day, what do you see as the most influential decision that you've made
1: in your career? Oh, gosh. Um, to accept the constant changing environment, you know, because that's also what's kept it interesting. Because mm. there are not two days that are like I've been through three leaders. They're all going to have different styles. Um, you know, I'm super proud of what our team does. I'm super proud of some of the, you know, we did a dining program last year. I started the dining program 15 years ago. Last year, we made our largest donation, $345,000 in a year that we didn't even know if we were going to do the program. Yeah. And we extended it. We, um, you know, kept people working. We got people back to work through that. Um, And we made a significant donation to a um, Feed the Need. So, you know, those are the things that, while I'm very proud of that program, it always has to evolve, right? And everything has to evolve. So that letting go of that um, pride of authorship, you know, and the fact that, yeah, that was really cool, but there's something else we can be doing or there's something else we can always be doing better or there's mm-hmm. something else we can be doing differently. And, you know, whether that's how we were structured, how our team was structured, what fell under me, what didn't fall under me, as we, we've, you know, moved people around and, and divisions around. I think to me that being, having the mindset of always wanting to look forward And looking at what we can do better or differently or more collaboratively or, you know, but always having that sense of you got to do it for a reason. You know, and whether that's because you're trying to reach this KPI or because um, our mayor who's amazing, you know, called and wants us to be involved in launch 407 days or... Whether it's because your chief client is doing this, or you know, how do we bring the the three theme parks together in Brazil or in the UK to work together? Because none of us have enough dollars, and we need to get more air service. You know, so it's that constant of um, your work is never done, and you know, and so but that's what's also made it so interesting and so exciting. Um, I wouldn't have stayed if it had been the same thing. Every day, you know, yeah. there are times that I'm like, yeah, it could be a little less change. Not change. Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, but, but you know, the there are days it's like, yeah, oh, it'd be nice to do something repetitive today. But
0: I was gonna say, last year might have tested that
1: theory, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and and you know, and we have such amazing people we work with in the destination and amazing people we work with at our company um, that are just super smart. I learn from them every day. And it, it makes it refreshing every day. What's uh?
0: What are you excited about right now? And what's sort of the next mountain to climb for you?
1: I think um, a couple things. We're starting our new three-year strategic plan and doing it a very, very different way. Um, so I think that you know, anytime to me, that's where you start your your guide your guidepost, right? So um, you know, we have a big mountain to climb. We were at seventy-five million visitors. We were at thirty-five in in twenty twenty. You know, our ultimate goal is to get to hundred. So you know, but we have to, we have to climb back first, right? So I think I'm most excited. One, um, the new energy and renewed energy and spirit of collaboration. Um, The amazing way that the people in our destination reacted to this and what, why we're going to be better because of that. Some of the technology, some of the innovation, some of the product changes, We're just going to be better. Um, It made us more, even more customer client focused. And that's going to be exciting moving forward. And then I think just, you know, we, we spent a lot of time unraveling things and that gives you a sense of freedom. You know, it's a little bit of a clean slate. Um, We have new leadership. She, we have been our first woman CEO Um, But that also gives you a new sense of beginnings, right? So I think what I'm most excited about is there's a lot of opportunity for new beginnings. Um, The sacred cows, you know, they're gone. Everything's kind of look at things holistically, fresh across the organization. And really that, you know, sometimes people say that, right? We're always supposed to wipe the slate clean and start fresh from our plans Yet, here are all the things that have to stay in your budget or have to 85% of it pre-populated, right? Right, Right. you know, and and it doesn't give you a lot of room to really do that. Well, last year, we had to wipe the site clean because our budgets were cut so much and our industry was devastated and hit so hard that now it's like, let's build up and do the things that matter. And That's tremendously exciting for me. That's
0: incredible. Well, it was so incredible to speak with you, Danielle. It was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for the invitation. Um, And thank you for doing this. I think the more we share, I learn so much from people in other industries. You know, the more we share about what we're doing, the better off all we are. We we all gain and we all um, benefit from that. No,
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, in the spirit of finding ways to collaborate while we're still not able to be together, it's uh, always, always incredible to hear, yeah. you know, to hear people's stories. Terrific. Well, thanks again, Danielle. Take care. All right.
1: Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. bye okay.